It's like, what is that smell? Oh, it's Evan's manure drink. It's the <laughs> finest Guatemalan produce you can find. <laughs> it's the Andaman's day-old dream. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, toot toot, we load up from engine to caboose to get on track to victory in Yardmaster. Next, we've robbed the bank. Now all we got to do is get out of the city unscathed in Escape Plan. And lastly, who can scale the treacherous desert cliffs to get to the treasure first in Geronimo? I'm your host, Celeste Angelis. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel. I'm Evan Bernstein. Do you smell that? I love the smell of board games in the morning. I'm Ed Povolaitis. It smells like victory points. I'm Joe Unfree, and I'm going to live forever or die in the attempt. I'm Mike Grenier, and I live by the motto, Game or Die. Our first game up this week is Yardmaster, designed by Stephen Armini, published by Crash Games in 2014, number of players 2 to 5, ages 13 and up, playtime 20 minutes. When we spotted this game coming through the tunnel, what were our first thoughts? Ed? It's a card game, but I keep looking at these wonderful wooden pucks. Evan? Yardmaster, please tell me it's a pirate-themed game. Mike? I hear echoes of Ticket to Ride here. Joe? The cards of this card game are categorized by color and by number. So far, it looks very simple. A train built out of cards. All aboard the Rummy Express. But before we get our tickets punched, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played. At the start of Yardmaster, each player has five cargo cards in their hand, each representing one unit of a specific cargo. In the center of the play area is four rail car cards, each marked with numbers ranged from one to four. Each cargo card represents one unit of a specific cargo indicated by the card's color and displays a number from one to four, which represents how many units of the appropriate cargo must be spent out of someone's hand for that player to buy that train car. The numbers on the train cards are also important in that every card you add to the end of your train must match the number or color of the rail card directly in front of it. The game ends when the number on the player's train adds up to 18 for a game with two to three players or 16 for a game with four players. You know, I loved the simple, straightforward art on these cards. Yeah, this case is, is simple, but it's actually highly stylized for simple art. I like it. The colors are all very vibrant and they're, and they're bold. It's not one of those games where, you know, the yellow and the green kind of look the same or the green and the blue or, you know, are, are too close. Uh, the numbers are, you know, a stark white on there, like they might be painted on one of those old uh, railway switches. So it sounds like this game would be really great for even really little kids. Everything's really stark and colorful and simple. Yeah, this is like this is like Uno almost. Right. The oh, box okay. says 13 and up, but newer addition to the game say for 8 and up. It's just a matching game. It's like building little sets out of colors or numbers you pick. The only math is counting. Really, like, there's all. not much going Ooh, on. Colors, right. numbers. I don't have to transform this into that and turn <laughs> this into three of those and five of these. Cash in five. Of Watch them. who's going where and doing what. One. Enzyme, synergy, bonus. Build your train. Shut up and build your train. 
There's a color we haven't touched on yet. The black cards with the red X right in the middle. Yes, the wild cards (laughs) of this game. And there's all sorts of weird rules when we come to the wild card section of this game. All sorts of things happen. Throw out all the train cars and put out a whole new set of train cars. So redeal in a sense. You know, that's just one of them. But there's all sorts of wild ways that, that this game turns with these wild cards. You cannot pick up a wild card again out of the discard pile. So the artwork of the X plays a double role. It looks like a train crossing sign, but also it means ah, you cannot pick it up from the discard pile. Whereas other cards, like in a rummy game, you could pick up off the top of the discard pile. In fact, there was a card in which you get to dumpster dive. You get to go through the whole deck. Although you can't pick up the wild card, you can pull anything out from the bottom of the discard pile or the top or anywhere in between. Could be really handy when you're looking for a red card and you really, really need one. Right, Ed? Right. We played with the expansion cards that added a whole bunch of extra uh, bonus cards in there. So Ed was talking about those wooden tokens at the beginning. I believe they come with the expansion set. In the original set, you get cardboard tokens that represent possible trade-in values for other cards. So everybody gets a token that allows them to trade, say, two yellows to equal one blue, or two yellows will equal one of another color. And if you need to, you can steal a a token from somebody else, meaning force a trade. Yeah, you can Mm -hmm. force a trade. But in the expansion, they come with nice wooden tokens. And the reason the game is called Yardmaster is because you get to play a pirate. No. (laughs) Don't tease me. It allows you to get an extra action. Normally on your turn, you get to take two actions, but when you have the yard master, you can take three actions. I don't understand how Ed ended up with like 800 cards in his hand all the time. And the rest of us were like scrambling for like two cards. That's what Ed does. At one point, he had more cards in his hand than there were cards in the deck to draw from. <laughs> I kid you not. Well, there were bonus cards that allow you to draw two extra cards, and I got a bonus card that allowed me to, you know, get more cards. So you drew a bonus card with a bonus card with a bonus card, yeah. and all of a sudden you had a handful of cards. Yeah, the, the wild cards can cascade a little bit, so that's mm-hmm. where I feel it gets it goes a little off the rails, if I might say. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely the most complex part of the game due to the interaction. Why I think if you're looking to simplify the game just a little bit, just play with the base cards. Yeah. I know that Joe became fascinated with what a Yardmaster was after playing this game. You know, yeah. what a Yardmaster is in real life. What did you find out, Joe? A, a high school diploma is often sufficient to apply for the position, but applicants have to undergo intensive training on the job. Uh, a lot of it's about emergency preparedness. They need good communication skills, you know, lots of mechanical aptitude, and the endurance for a physically demanding workday. And they also keep a lot of records, a ton of records about schedules, routes, what cargo is on what train. I mean, ultimately, if something ends up in completely the wrong place or it gets to the right place with the completely the wrong cargo, you know, they they hear about it and they got to fix it. I want that job. It's just logistics. Yeah. That's the the ultimate logistics job. If something goes wrong on your watch, though, a lot goes wrong on your watch. (laughs) Eh, Welcome to management. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Uh, it's the assistant yard master's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury yard master. Mike? I got on the wrong train and wasn't able to play this one, so I'll withhold my judgment. Evan? 
It's an easy play, part of a night of casual gaming. I think the swinginess of the wild cards went too far. So for that reason, I'm going to bury it in the locomotive graveyard. Ed? It's a simple set collection game. While the game may depend a little bit too much on luck, I think it's a fun filler game, so dig it up. Joe? I'm digging up this kitchen table game. You can play it over and over while you eat, drink, and talk. The colorful layout cleverly tied to the theme, along with the simple but engaging rules, made this game a delight for me. Joe, where can you find it? Online for about $20. If you have thoughts about Yardmaster, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our next game up this week is Escape Plan, designed by Vital Lacerda, published by Eagle Griffin Games in 2019. Number of players, 1 to 5, ages 12 and up. Playtime, 60 to 120 minutes. Okay, when we shined a light on this find, what were our first thoughts? Mikey? Maybe we should have come up with an escape strategy before we robbed the bank. Evan? This makes me nervous. What did I do and why do I have to escape? <laughs> Ed? <laughs> okay, which of you guys got sloppy and tipped off the cops? I'm out of here. Joe? This game offers frantic twin contests of smash and grab and cat and mouse. Will we make it out alive? We do the heist, then we head our own ways. <laughs> I can't wait to make an anonymous call to the copper to drop a dime on Ed's whereabouts. But before we start throwing each other to the wolves, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played. In Escape Plan, you and your fellow thieves are laying low and enjoying the good life after a successful bank heist. But somehow the police got tipped off and are closing in. Ah! <laughs> now you've got three days to move on a modular board trying to reach the best spots to recover their loot and escape from the city with more money than the other thieves. You'll have three to five actions each day to visit locations that aid your plan by using gangs, mules, snitches, and other contacts you have in the city. Setting the police on the trail for your former colleagues will give you a better chance of escape, but the other thieves are thinking the same thing. Grab the cash. Avoid the cops. Plan your escape. Drop a dime on the other guys. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts, was if one of the other players gets enough notoriety in the game, you get to push the cops toward them on the game board. They're getting a little too famous. The cops are getting up on them. Aren't they only doing this for a few days? <laughs> How famous do they get in a couple days? Three days. Boy, yeah. those are the longest three days of your life. Three days? <laughs> and these cops love to take shots at you. I know. It was like, these cops are gun happy. They are. You're being wounded by cops left and right in this game. Well, most of you were. So, Do they have to roll to hit him? Is that a thing? Are you making that up? He made that up. That should be the case. Like this, just roll these. Right. Two hits. No. <laughs> yeah, you, you got shot twice. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we should have sent a few more your direction, Joe. You couldn't do that. Not, not, I had notoriety won the whole game. <laughs> <laughs>
I know. You kept your notoriety way low. I went up. The cops were stepping over me while I was lying down in the alley pretending to be drunk. <laughs> I think that Joe's loner mentality, we've all suffered from it during gameplay, his insistence to be a non-team player finally paid off in this game. <laughs> this is where he really shined. What year was this set in or what? era it's contemporary yeah yeah it's modern day just like a heist movie this is clearly you know in the heist movie genre and i felt that theme very strongly i think they nailed the theme with every aspect of this game oh yeah guys what did you think of the fact that we got to build the board as we went i thought that was awesome selecting which of the city tiles you want and where to place it ah so many decisions right there and a simple action Yes, the whole city does not become revealed to you at once. You only get a part of the city on each of the three days. And it's not like you know the city that well. You're not going to rob a, do a major bank heist in your hometown. Yeah, but shouldn't you, you know, if you're going to do a bank heist, make a map of the city before you start the heist? <laughs> You'll have a map of the city, but you won't know where, like, where this gang hangs out or where to find this snitch. Or... If you're a good robber, you will. I feel like this was a hastily put together heist. I really do. <laughs> Mikey, you you were right in your opening comment. It's like, why would we split up right after unless our goal was to screw over the other guy, the other players? <laughs> Let's do a bank heist with three guys I hate. I think it was more like we thought we got away. We're already living the big life and all of a sudden, uh-oh, they're on to us. Quick, right. grab the cast and get out of town. <laughs> that is such a funny premise. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the premise. And... What did you guys think of everybody getting their own quote-unquote briefcase? Oh, I thought it was awesome. It's a, the player mat is great, and it has all bases for all the things you can get, and then you're going to want to unlock some bases with assets you can get so you can put more contacts or more equipment. You want to get your keys so you can go to the lockers and grab the cash. As far as the unlocking of extra spaces in your briefcase or on your player board, it's a really neat convention. So you only start with being able to have as many as two contacts in your back pocket, as they say, which was kind of cool because the graphic art in that is like a jean pocket, you know, with a little stitch <laughs> yeah. design. So the guy's in your pocket. Yeah. So that's what it was looks like. The attention to detail in this game is frankly amazing. So you have to uh, do certain actions in order to release extra spaces so you can add your contacts. You only start with two, but you can get as many as five if you release those extra three. And believe me, you're going to need them. The components all looked great, especially when you consider how different these components were from each other. There were wooden motorcycles representing gangs, and basically that my strategy was going from gang to gang, giving a, handing out a few thousand here and a few thousand there for them to get me safely around the police. They run cover for you, definitely. It was huge. It was a big part of the game. That's right, because there are several different hierarchies of law enforcement to evade. Yes, that was interesting. I never did quite get to my secret hidden stash in the innocuous convenience store, but you know, it was not confusing. It was very simple, straightforward. You weren't lost, even though there was so much detail. And that board had a lot to do with that. I think you're right, Joe. I think the rules were relatively easy to follow, but there is a lot going on. There's a lot to do during your turn. Not only are you paying attention to what you're doing, you're paying attention to what your fellow criminals are also doing on their board. Especially Ed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, especially Ed. 
I loved that there was so much to do. I never felt hamstrung. Things were always kind of getting tighter on you. And yet there was always, I always felt like I had enough options. And that was great. This sounds like a lot like a worker placement game, but with a lot more excitement than your average worker placement. Well, there, it's, it's like workers that you have to buy where you don't start with your own team. You've got to, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to earn everybody who even gets on your team. And those are your contacts and you can use them and then you need to take a rest in order to refresh your contacts or some of your equipment. All right. So I took my boo-boo yeah. band-aid. Now I just got to move. Oh, wait a minute. I don't want to go here. There's three cops there. Well, only to get out. Yeah, I got to get out eventually. You have a gang member. That offer help. Put my thing in the thing with the thing. I'm at the restaurant, so I'm going to take a contact and gain money. Okay. Ooh, a ninja. I'll take him. Don't mind if I do. My favorite concept in the entire game, and there's a lot of competition for that category. Um, my favorite one had to be notoriety, where you know basically you've got these two strategies: drive it up to make friends with the potential allies who help you out, or manage it carefully to you know stay under the radar. And you cannot do both. Another cool aspect of the game is it only had three actions per turn, with only three days, so you have a limited number of actions unless you work hard to get extra actions in the game. Oh, yeah. I don't think anybody wanted to rest because it was just going to take up too much action time. (laughs) One of your three actions to take a nap. Yeah, so that was a great on-theme piece of this game. With that, I can't rest because it's going to take an action was brilliant. So I really did feel desperate and exhausted. I think another cool aspect was the keys. And of course, we got the uh, mm-hmm. Kickstarter edition that we were playing with. So we had metal keys. That was so cool. Yeah, actual little keys. So cool. The keys were like an, a gateway to mysteries. You could use them for different things. And one of the big ones was opening a locker. And I so wanted to get to opening a locker. But there was just too much else going on in my gameplay i never could get to it that's the kind of thing that i would go out of my way to do to my peril i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) to try to get the epic win mike (laughs) oh yeah well plus also a mystery box come on it was not only a mystery box it was a mystery gamble box because some of them were empty i know you had a chance of zero in some of these keys in the boxes (laughs) that would hurt (laughs) <laughs> but but it's so tempting <laughs> yes way too tempting for me this that is my downfall in a lot of games where they have a feature like that i always go for it because i gotta know the third day the exit is open you can get out at any time do you go for more money first or do you just make for the exit before it closes i like that convention because at you at the Third day, the exit day, you can see where you are. You have, If you have to catch up ground, you may want to spend extra time in the city in order to make up victory points. But if you're in the lead, you say, hey, well enough alone, and let me get out with what I've got. And it's, a, it's an interesting choice you really do have to make there. Uh, and I'm glad they give you the option of letting players stick around the city for more turns in order to to bump up their their final chances of winning. I agree. It's a big risk because the first person gets out, gets out for free. But those coming after later have to pay bribes. And if you don't have enough money, you get caught and you lose automatically. That's right. It's like done. So what happens if the cops shoot you to death halfway through the game? You get handcuff cards if they take too many wounds. And that means you have to you lose uh, some of your contact uh, positions. You no longer have your fifth up to five. You would only be limited to four or maybe three, depending on how oh. many times you got handcuffed. Yeah, but you're not so, out of the game yet. 
Not no, but you're getting negative victory points for getting handcuffed cards. It's it's a rough thing. Yeah, it's really rough to overcome getting handcuffed. So you, d- you don't... definitely want to avoid it. Yeah. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury escape plan. Joe. I love everything about this game. On top of everything else, the art mechanics are pretty lighthearted despite the constant threat of gunplay. Evan? This game requires patience, so give yourself a whole night to get the game done, but it's worth it. It looks good, there's a lot going on, and it has replayability up the yin-yang. Dig it up. (laughs) Mike? I got nabbed by the coppers and wasn't (laughs) able to escape in time to play this one, so I'll hold my opinion for now. (laughs) Ed? This Lacerda game is easier to get into than some of the others. There's plenty to do. Everything looks and feels like one of the great heist films. Dig this up and get out of town before the cops get you. Despite having options constantly closing off to me during the game, there was still always plenty to do, adding to the frenetic feel of an escape. I felt a little exhausted when it was all over, but that is so on theme. Dig it up. Ed, where can you find this game? This game is funded by Kickstarter and copies are recently making their way to retail for about 120 bucks. If you have thoughts about Escape Plan, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is Geronimo, published by Omnia in 1976. Number of players, two to four for ages eight and up. Okay, when we dusted the sand away from this find, what were our first thoughts? Evan? What is anyone's first thought when they think of the word Geronimo? (laughs) The name and the interjection are iconic. Mike? This game sounds exhausting. This treasure had better be worth it. Ed? Race up a cliff to get the gold at the top. This doesn't sound contrived at all. (laughs) (laughs) Joe? Geronimo had a secret treasure? Where'd he get it from? The Aztecs? It sounds fishy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, a 3D board game built out of the box. Shades of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> that cannot be wow. a good sign. But before we scale this review, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played. Geronimo is a 3D board game based on the hunt for Geronimo's treasure. Two to four players each use three figures to race across the board, acquire climb cards, scale the cliffs, and reach the treasure. Along the way, they can also acquire destroy cards and use them to slow an opponent, possibly even sending one of his figures back to the start. No! Just for you, yeah. Mike Grenier. Just <laughs> oh, no. for you. That ah. is horrible. Reset button. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what does the destroy card actually destroy? Um, well, in order to climb up the cliff, you have to take your climb card into the little slot to help you get up the cliff. You need, what, seven of them? It is kind of cool that you take the tile off the board and stick it in a slot and then climb on it with your little figure. That's the 3D part of this whole game. Wait, so you're like actually hooking a miniature to the card or something? Form the platform because you can stick the triangle of your card into the plastic slot that allow you to go all the way up the cliff. Yeah, so you're building a ladder out of the cards. Right. But then destroy cards will remove cards starting from the bottom. And if the card that your mini's on gets pulled out, you get back to the start. Yeah, it's very cartoonish in that way. You know, like an old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's running off of ice floats across the water and each one's dissolving with each step. It's kind of like that. I, I imagined it as the my cowboys shooting 
the ledge that you're on and you fall off. That's kind of how I imagined it, which is, of course, giving this game too much credit, I think. <laughs> it's like a race game, like first to the top. Yeah, it's basically a race game with a single die, so it has that pitfall. But hmm. if you are on one of the spots that allows you to draw a tile, you draw a tile and then place it where it says to go on the board. And and most of those have, you know, if you get to that card, you can put it into your stack. And the other kind of neat thing about the game is you have three different player pawns to move, so you can split up your move among your three pawns. Okay, so you get to make some kind of choices in the game. That's all right. Yeah, you have some kind of choice. It's a couple cool things. Ed, it sounds like you were pleasantly surprised. <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. <laughs> what, the name Geronimo and the description of trying to find his secret treasure on top of a cliff wasn't exciting to start with? I was hoping to sort of get up to the top where somebody else was and start like wrestling them and trying to throw them <laughs> off the... <laughs> So 1976 this game was made in, huh? It felt like it. It looked like it. <laughs> the cliff face was like a cheesy board, a plastic board insert. The cardboard tiles were chintzy. So the tray itself that you insert the climb cards into, it's made of that plastic. I don't really how, know how best to describe it, but maybe this. If you ever bought a box of chocolates or candies from a, from oh, a store... Yeah. It's, it was yes. very much like that. Yeah. So like vacuform plastic. Yeah. I can see why the unnamed designer chose to remain anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> but games from the 70s, a lot of them have interesting innovations in how the game is laid out. I was really surprised about the shades of Eurogaming that was in this. I mean, you place tiles as you go. You move multiple meeples. All right. So what about the word or the name Geronimo? Why is that a thing? Why do we all know about the name? Well, the origin of the name is a source of controversy with historians. Some have written that it was an appeals by U.S. soldiers to St. Jerome, Geronimo, for help. Mm -hmm. Or others source it as the mispronunciation of his name by the Mexican soldiers. Either way, uh, Joe had some <laughs> interesting insight, uh, though, as to another potential origin of the phrase Geronimo, right, Joe? Uh, he, he is said to have at one point escaped uh, some of his enemies. I believe they were Mexican and not American. Uh, it could have been either one uh, where he, you know, he, he seemed to be trapped. And so he, rather than just accept capture, he jumped his horse off, off a cliff over you know, something that, that certainly looked dangerous enough to impress everybody who saw it. And somehow he and his horse ended up riding away and escaping. So would you say he's worthy of being a better game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is not what you would call a... A, fit, a fitting tribute to... Yeah, a historically accurate homage to Geronimo. No, no, it's not. Okay, explorers, get your shovels out. It's time to dig up or bury Geronimo. Ed? It's not the worst race game I've played, but I still can't recommend it for anybody, so I'll bury it. Joe? Uh, making Geronimo, who spent his life fighting impossible odds for his people's survival, into a treasure-hunting thrill-seeker kind of turns my stomach. Um, I really hate this. Bury it now. Evan? The game isn't particularly challenging. There's a bit of strategy, not lots, and certainly the replayability factor is low. Bury it in the hills of the Dakota Territory. Mike? Yeah, I kind of burned my hands trying to scale the cliffs and had to turn back, so I'll abstain from making a judgment. Yeah, it's a lot like the Jar Jar Binks game, so bury this thing. Evan, where can you find it? 
Used copies can be found online. Not too expensive. I found mine for less than 10 bucks. If you have thoughts about Geronimo, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. If you'd like more perks and content from our show, including exclusive episodes and our weekly post show, for just $3 a month, you could go to our website and click on Become a Supporter Today. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating or a review anywhere. It helps others find the show. Happy gaming, explorers! Yo. Aye, aye. Aloha.